0: Welcome back, folks. This is the High Performance Human Podcast, and I'm your host, Simon Ward. Each week, I'm joined by guests who share their knowledge and wisdom to help you on your journey to living longer, living healthier, and, of course, improving your triathlon performance. So this week, it's part two of my conversation with Primal Play founder, Darrell Edwards. This week, Darrell and I get into his own daily routine, including sleep, nutrition, nutrition, and exercise, and we'll finish off with some ideas for how to integrate some primal play principles into your life. Back to Daryl. Welcome back, Daryl, for part two.
1: (laughs) Yes, I'm looking forward. It it just feels like we're starting from scratch again. I feel so fresh and invigorated.
0: So in in the first episode, we talked about your journey from investment banking technologist through to movement coach coach. The evolution of primal play, you you talked about how you started up your little groups and tribes um, just having fun. And goodness knows why any of us should have fun when we're working out. Because if you see most people, they're grimacing and they're in pain. And of course, we all know that no pain, no gain, right? Mm, um, mm. That's that's one of my pet <laughs> phrases that I just love to dislike. So you talked about animal moves. You talked about how you had gone full circle back to creating that little book, um, My First Animal Moves for Children. And you talked about the frightening experience of your TEDx talk. So for for those people who've jumped straight in on episode two of this, uh, if you haven't listened to that yet and wanted to know how we got to this point, please go back and listen to the previous episode. But now, Daryl, I want to dive into your life. Right? You've talked about how you help other people. I I am really interested in um, you. You started off the first episode talking about how you got some sort of rather rude awake things about your own health and and that's what prompted this whole sort of change in 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 life um but I'd like to know what what you do what's your daily routine maybe work us through your day now what what time do you get up what time do you go to bed and what do you do in between
1: yeah so um I I'm really focusing on my sleep hygiene at the moment and so I used to be really really protective around you know early start Got to get as much work done in my day as possible, mm-hmm. work as late as possible in the evening. Um, so now I'm actually going to bed earlier and, and having a, a solid eight eight hours sleep. And if that doesn't happen, I will I'll lie in, I will, I I'll make sure that I have some morning recovery. So so I try and schedule my day to ensure that is protected. So probably, that's probably that's probably the first.
0: So are you are you in bed for eight hours, or are you trying to get, make sure you've got eight hours sleep? Eight hours sleep. Right. So you, it's yeah. cause we. I've, I've been doing a lot on sleep, and I talk about sleep opportunities. So you probably need to be in bed for nine hours, don't you, to get eight hours sleep? Is that
1: right? Yeah. So I, I'm pretty good now. At head head hits the pillow. I'm out. Right. Right. So, so that's I've I've kind of worked to get there. (laughs) So, so once I established, um, you know, a bit of a worry, a bit of a, you know, thinking, oh, what have I got to get done tomorrow? So, once I kind of quash that, I literally, once I go lights out, I'm, I'm asleep within minutes, which is, which is, which is superb. Are you, are you tracking your sleep with anything? I do track my sleep. Yeah. How do you, how do you do that? I, I use an Apple watch. Okay. Um, I have two Apple watches actually. So, so, uh, anyone who owns an Apple watch knows, you know, you only get about sort of 18 to 24 hours out of each charge. <laughs> so i got a, I got a, a very cheap secondhand one, which I use just for sleep monitoring, which is, which is perfect. So literally as soon as I put it onto my wrist, it's pretty much in sleep mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it tracks how long it takes me to get to sleep. Then it tracks obviously all my kind of, uh, deep mm-hmm. sleep and REM and, and, and wakefulness and all of, all of that. Um, and I also use the, um, you know, kind of the smart, uh, smart alarm options so that it tries to wake you up when you're in your phase of lightest sleep. Yeah, yeah, And that, that works quite well. So actually, I've now got to the point where I'm sleeping for longer. My quality of sleep is improving. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also feel more rested on waking, which, as you know, it isn't just about how many hours you're sleeping. Ah. It's about the quality of your sleep. So I've, 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 I'm feeling pretty good at the moment. I, I don't want to jinx it, but for, for after years of, of saying to myself, it doesn't matter that much. I know people say it matters, but like really, I'd rather be productive. Now I'm kind of going, no, let's, let's really take this seriously. Think about all of that work you're doing, both physical and mental, and give your, your body ample opportunity to fully re- recover and restore itself.
0: I'm absolutely with you on that one, Daryl, about sleep does matter. You know, I, I can't think of any situation in one's life where more sleep is a bad thing. Mm, Not one. Yeah. I mean, I know there are there are certain illnesses where if you're asleep for 18 hours, there's probably something wrong, but that's very, very rare. But for, but for the majority of people, and certainly just about everyone who's listening to this, more sleep only has positive benefits.
1: Yes, I I, I totally agree. And one problem that I had, because, um, you know, for some people, when they monitor, they can become even more anxious about it and, and more author, aware. Author, author
0: somnia, it's called.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, um, so what was really fascinating for me was when I first started tracking or previously when tracking my sleep, if I ever woke up in the middle of the night, I'd be like, oh my gosh, I've only had... Oh, what was it? Four hours. Let me have a look. Let me get my phone. Let me tr- yeah, see what's happening. Yeah, and yeah. Um, so so once I actually established that it's okay to wake up, rather than panic, rather than me thinking I've got to do something at that time, you know, like look at the news or look at my phone, I leave the phone well alone, pay no attention to what time it is, just try to drift back off to sleep and not to ro- not to worry about that and and so once i felt as if even if i'm not sleeping i'm still in a very rested state that that also helped matters so that reduced the times me spent thinking oh my goodness you know what's happening why am i sleeping <laughs>
0: yeah uh, so yeah that's that's quite an interesting point there uh, because there's a lot of people that, when i talk about sleep to my triathlete community you get a lot of people say that I wake up in the middle of the night and then you know I'm I can't get back to sleep and what's wrong with me. Yeah I mean if you if you're going through the deep sleep then that tends to end around two a.m. So you know mm-hmm. that, that's a sort of generally acknowledged period 10 p.m to two a.m. So it's natural to wake up then. I have a lot of females that are going through the menopause that say oh I'm waking up a lot you know and mm. and then you speak to sleep experts and say well that's, that's that's quite normal you know in evolution sleep evolution we used to wake up in the middle of the night do a bit of work and then go back to bed again and yes. you talked about the 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 industrial age and how that brought about some changes it also brought about changes in our sleep
1: habits didn't it yeah exactly so yeah you, i i actually read interestingly uh, an article today about sleep from the from the uh medieval time mm. um and and sort of diurnal sleeping you know basically sleeping twice yeah. per night was, was the norm. Um, and it's only like the industrial revolution and the fact that we need to be working during day and as much as possible during daylight hours and to maximize our sleep where that became the new, the new norm. So, so I've become less stressed about my sleep quality and that's actually improved my sleep quality. Yeah, <laughs> um, and I'm monitoring and not being, not being neurotic about it. Uh, and I've noticed my my sleep kind of quality metrics have improved. I'm kind of like this is, I've taken so long to get here, and it's only because I've I, I've prioritized it without becoming overly anxious about it. So that covers my I suppose my sleep. But, you know, I, I have a decent ritual now for sleep um, as as well, which I didn't I didn't really pay too much attention to in terms of wind, winding down. And um, so in terms of waking, in terms of waking up, so some days I will fast. So I'll, I'll, I'll extend my fast some days, probably sort of three days out of seven. I'll extend my fast up until around sort of midday or early early afternoon mm-hmm. and have my first meal then. Um, other days I'll eat as soon as, soon as I wake up. Um So that's probably my my morning nutrition, usually protein heavy, first meal of the day, uh, regardless (laughs) of whether I fast or not, pretty protein heavy. In terms of nutrition, I do follow a a kind of ancestral template, used to be known as the the paleo diet several years ago, and that was was pretty popular. Um, I still do believe in a, a, a human, I suppose a human diet that all humans (laughs) thrive <laughs> upon and i suppose to make it very very simple for, for the listeners myself now it's very much avoiding processed and, and artificial artificial foods um avoiding many foods of agriculture and and focusing on and kind of the staples of real food that's probably where i where i sit at the at the, at the moment um and seem to be doing pretty well on
0: yeah that's i'm i'm pretty agnostic on what choices people make in terms of their philosophies um and I, and I like you, I think if there's certain guidelines like trying to avoid refined sugar as much as possible, yeah, exactly. trying and, to try and avoid processed food as much as possible. So if it comes in a bag, a box, a tin or something, then you probably want to make that least of priorities, um, try to plan ahead and prepare food yourself. So it's real. Mm, mm. And, um, you know, I mean, I, you know, I eat meat and I eat fish. I, mm. I, that's probably going to lose me a few listeners, but um, I do also believe that if we're going to, um, we should value the animal's life and therefore respect that by eating as much of the animal as possible. And I do think that's part of the problem with modern farming is that we waste a lot of the meat that, and just take the best mm, cuts. So I, yes. I've, I've tried, you know, I go to my butcher and he knows the provenance and he knows the farmers where we get the food. And so it's all good quality. And, um, you know, and I've started experimenting with eating other cuts of the meat and and sort of like. Tom, dr tommy would call it nose to tail wouldn't he and
1: nose to tail uh, yeah 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 um, yeah the organ the organ meats and yeah. and um which are which are very you know basically like you'd say a few generations ago, kind of the poor poor man food right it's the you know, the st- you go to the butcher. What have you got that I that that I can just about afford? Oh yeah, we've got livers and kidneys and the bits yeah. and the you know the bits and pieces that no one else wants. And you can have a stew, but you have to stew this for several hours because <laughs> just to soften the meat just a little bit. You know? mm. But um, but yeah, I think I'm I'm now increasingly diet agnostic for sure. Mm. Um, the main reason being is because of all of the diet wars and nutrition and you know, my my diet dad is bigger than your diet, dad, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. And yeah. my research is better than yours. Um, and I feel that it isn't, it's often touted as a savior for all health ills. You know, if as long as you eat right, everything will be fixed. That, that's a solution for everything. And unfortunately, I've seen, you know, people that I've known I've known really, really well who have done all the right things with their nutritional pathway and still have become ill, who, who, who have passed on, even though they're eating the, the perfect nutritional template. Uh, and, and so that, having that experience has made me realize food is also about, enjoy, again, enjoyment, you know, having fun, having that social interaction with others, not being so dogmatic. You know, you, you want to be able to, you want to be, inv- to be able to be invited to people's homes and not go, oh, before you invite me for dinner, folks, here's a, these are all my stipulations before I can be a guest. <laughs> right. So I used to be that kind of person. I used to be that guy. A- and then you realize you, people stop, stop inviting you. Mm-hmm. Oh, Dal, you're just so difficult. You know, you're just so fussy. Yeah. You're so we- choosy.
0: Well, we all know that person, you know. We go out for dinner and then you go, oh, no, they're not coming, are they? Because as soon as the waiter comes along, they're like, um, um, do you have uh, oat milk, please? And um, can I have that with the, and oh, and I mean, my friends make fun of me because we, we went to this restaurant in America once and uh, the waiter was telling us about this lovely cut of beef that they'd got, you know, it was on the specials menu. And I said, is it grass-fed beef? And they were like, "What do you mean? Is it grass-fed beef?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Oh, honestly, there's a massive difference between corn-fed and grass-fed beef, particularly in American farms." Yes. And they laugh about it now. But then we were out at a restaurant a few weeks ago, and somebody was saying, "Yeah, we only serve grass-fed beef here." And I'm like, "See, <laughs> yeah, um, well, yeah, it's, it's important." I'm, I mean, I'm definitely not yeah. that person when you sit at the dinner table. As long <laughs> as it's got no bananas in it, I'm uh, everything's on the menu. Yeah,
1: I think we, it, it's a privilege. Yeah. It's a privilege to be able to be so demanding as to what you're being fed. You know, there are many people on the planet who don't, mm. who can't make those choices. There are many people within this country, right, let alone, you know, the rest of the world. There are many people in this country who can't ask those questions of, mm. is it organic? Are you using the right oils? Are you, you know, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Right? It's like, I've got to eat what's available to me. Uh-huh. And so it's helped me. Have that understanding, and communicating to people who may not have the means to ask those questions, who may not be able to achieve the puritanical approach, huh. for, which many people advocate. Right? It's, you can only do it one way. You've got to be hardcore. There's no exceptions. And if you don't do that, then basically you're a waste of space. Right? <laughs> you know. So yeah, I've 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 completely relaxed. I know what my dos and don'ts aren't. But I wouldn't necessarily say, you have to follow what I do. You've got to make your own personal choices and feel good about them and and enjoy what you're doing as well. Uh,
0: what you're saying about people that you know who followed all the nutritional rules and yet it's still gone wrong for them and they've passed early or they've become mm. seriously ill, it, it makes me or it's made me more aware over the last few years that that sleeping Mm. or nutrition they're not they're not separate silos are they they're very much Mm. interacted and they're also interact with the environment that we live in Mm. Mm. uh, with our social interactions with other people so when they talk about the mediterranean diet and how healthy people are that live in these mediterranean communities and maybe it's the olive oil and the tomato or the sun well, maybe it's the fact that they take a bit longer to have their meals and they sit down in groups and they communicate and they actually in these little villages where life's a little bit, the pace of life is a little slower and people aren't under yes. as much stress, you know, and maybe there's a lot of other factors besides the fact that they eat tomatoes regularly and they have
1: olive oh, oil. Of course, of course. And I, I think, Simon, it's unfortunate that many influencers and, and, and those who who speak on well-being topics don't offer the same type of nuance. You know, they talk about being holistic, like, oh, yeah, yeah, I I try and do all these things which are are right for my health, but they don't recognize that actually all of those things Mm. are are important. And so even if you do have the perfect diet, if you're sedentary, I would argue you can't be healthy, right? If you have the perfect workout regimen and your diet is poor, you, you can't be healthy. Right, you know, you're sleep deprived, and you've got the best nutrition and the best workout regimen. You can't be healthy because there are some things you can only get mm. from that health intervention, yeah. which our, which our body needs, which isn't supplied by any of the others. Mm. And and so I feel, just like I mentioned, I've mentioned about animal moves and general preparedness. We're mm. we're we're species of of generalizations. And so the things that help us become healthier are these general bits and pieces that are all part of the puzzle of health. Like the blue zones, for example, right? Like those people—people who live long, Mm -hmm. healthy lives—they do a little bit of everything. And they do certain things that would be alarming to me. You know, some of those populations smoke, for example, <laughs> right? So I, I've, never, I've never been a smoker. I, I would argue there's nothing that could be beneficial about that. But it just goes to show that by doing, you know, having healthy social relationships, having a purpose for living, having, you know, a meditative practice, whether that's religious or whatever it is, eating local you know seasonal produce that you've probably grown yourself mm. <laughs> and tended to yourself you know all those things matter having a pet you know having access to nature so so i i try to be a jack of all trades mm. uh, and a master of some i suppose and i become less neurotic and and less um less concerned about having to prove my way is the best way or the right way I can only feel comfortable about the choices I make for myself
0: Yeah workouts, nutrition, mm-hmm. religion politics
1: St- stay away from debates on those because so, they're so polarized away. you end up fighting don't you <laughs> yeah exactly yeah they're, they're so polarizing you know I, I would I would just say look let's just look at the biggest epidemiological study we have we've ever had is the seven billion of us on the planet now. And the, the billions that have existed before us and the majority of, of those individuals doing the right thing. Like you mentioned about death at childbirth, right? At one, t- at one time, that's the biggest. I think even in the, 19, in the 1900s mm. in the U.S., right, that was the single biggest cause of death. Mm. Even just, a, just over 100 years ago was death at childbirth, right? Of course, it still is in many parts of the world. But we, we're not that far away from from times where we were, if you were if you were born and lived past the age of five, you, you've already done really, really well. Mm. For, for, forget about you doing the optimal diet and sleep hygiene and all those other things that we, we can talk about now, right? <laughs> you know. So so um I think it's great that we have we're appreciating the importance of sleep. We're appreciating the importance of movement and not being sedentary. It's all pretty common sense. We know if we just binge on, on fast food and, and sweets and highly refined food and our main drink is, is going to be a, a fizzy cola rather than water. And, you know, it, 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 we instinctively know that can't be the best way Mm. Um, but I would also say I don't think it's the best ways to live like a, a monk or a nun either.
0: No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. So, so you, you get up yeah. not at a set time depending on how you feel, but you generally after you've had eight hours. So what what's what's the start of your day look like then once
1: you've climbed yeah. out of bed? Lots of protein. Yeah. So so um, so yeah. So I certainly I certainly feel in terms of my nutrition, um, protein consumption is really important. Mm. So one. Because of healthy aging, because of the the fact that it's di- more difficult once you get past the age of fifty, it's more difficult for the body to actually uh-huh. digest protein and for it to be bioavailable. So I'm probably increasing my protein intake actually as I as I'm getting older uh, and reaping the benefits of that because I want to maintain lean lean uh, muscle mass. Um, I want to reduce the the kind of the effects of sarcopenia that can occur with with aging. So I'm, tr- I'm doing all that I can I can there. I probably eat two to three meals a day, I would say. Um, Don't snack. Don't snack too much. That probably covers my nutrition. Um, Mm -hmm. Drink lots of water. (laughs) Um, I don't drink coffee. Drink lots of teas. So I drink green tea mainly in the morning to avoid the the kind of caffeine hits on on sleep at night. So talking about sleep, uh, if you have a cup of coffee at 7 a.m. in the morning, you will still have 25% of of that levels of caffeine in your system at night, 10 o'clock at night. And that can have a 25% reduction in deep sleep impact. So, so yeah. So, um, and Uh that's based on, on one that's based on one cup of coffee. So an espresso or like a hundred milligrams of caffeine. Typically-
0: now, now you see, Daryl. Uh, I can see a divergence coming here now, because um, my uh, as as much as I'm in agreement with you on the protein, the eight hours sleep, <laughs> the, the caffeine, I'm 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 fairly disciplined on no caffeine after say eleven. Yes, I, I get up, I do my I do my morning mobility from yeah. um. I, so my routine: get up, um, do my spend five or ten minutes doing my teeth, then I spend about until about half past seven doing my mobility. I do maybe two, three times a week. I do a little 10-minute kettlebell workout some some days ago for a little run after that, always through the woods. Um, mm. But when I get back, yeah, two cups of coffee. Um, yeah, I actually, I didn't realize it was in your system for so long that it would affect your sleep that much. I thought that, that I know it's got a 50% half or half-life of like seven or eight hours, hasn't it? But I thought that yes. most of it are metabolized from your system so it didn't affect your sleep. Um I've I've got a, I've got a sleep expert coming on on the next podcast in a week or two. I'll ask her about the research. Yeah, you can you can ask about that. But yeah, yeah. so
1: th- there is pretty right. solid research on that, and it, of course it is dependent on your body's yeah. ability yeah. to metabolise caffeine. Um, I know I'm, I'm very sensitive to caffeine, and mm. and that's in my uh, you know kind of genetic test. You can test for for your your caffeine uh, metabolism if you're if a strong metabolizer or not yeah. so I'm, I'm i'm heavily impacted by caffeine so for me green tea the benefits of green tea are there's a significant reduction in in caffeine so green tea tends to have about sort of 10 maybe 15 milligrams if you brew pretty strongly which is which would be a very very weak a weak coffee um but because of the eggc um, which i can never remember the full The full term, but basically one of the main kind of antioxidants that exists in green tea, it actually, it actually kind of balances out the the caffeine that exists within green tea. So there were studies on, on, on the kind of stimulant effects of caffeine, Mm -hmm. which affects kind of adenosine triphosphate, adenosine phosphate, which basically, you know, is you to go to sleep. And right. the caffeine goes. No, you don't have to. You don't. You know. You don't feel fatigued. Just keep going. And that's why we. That's why we drink coffee for many of us. Right. That's why it's a great performance-enhancing mm. uh, uh, drug for athletes. So anyway, so I'm, I'm, again, I'm not puritanical about it. It's just something that I found is beneficial for me. I have my caffeine uh, in my green tea very early in the morning. Of course, even for those who like their dark chocolate, you know, there's as much dark uh, caffeine in in a hundred percent dark chocolate bars as there is in an espresso so many people aren't aware of that of that fact and you know many of us have dark chocolate in the evening Mm. not realizing we're getting a hit a hit on sleep but um but yeah so in terms of movement i i don't have a daily prescription so it, it changes day to day throughout a seven day period i do some hit high intensity interval training a very short durations so i'm talking like 15 minutes max because i'm actually trying to go for maximal efforts mm. so most hiit protocols you see tend to be still vigorous intensity exercise mm. you know when people are doing hiit programs where they're doing like 2 minutes oh you can't so, that's, you can't do hiit at 2 minutes yeah you can't do it at 2 minutes right so so it, it, you know so yeah so i do kind of true hiit so is that um,
0: you following like a Tabata
1: protocol then twenty on ten off? I do. I, I mix that up again. So yeah. so 10 is 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 one that I will use because it's it's Tabata, which is which people are familiar with. Um, I might do you know fifteen, sometimes maybe thirty seconds. So thirty seconds probably the add a push if I can maintain that intensity for that for that duration. But yeah, I'll I'll, I'll go from say five seconds of work mm. up to about thirty seconds of work. And I'll adjust the recovery time a, a, a accordingly. Um, so I do some very, very strict kind of hit uh, training, sort of three times, four times a week. And
0: what 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 format do those hit hit training workouts take? So,
1: uh, so so I do both aerobic cardiovascular. Um, hit and I also do uh, hurt as well. Okay, so I right. I was like gonna
0: that. I was gonna mention hurts because yeah. um, that that's something else that I've been talking about recently, which is a sort yeah. of slight slight modification
1: on hit, isn't it? Yes, exactly. So it's res- it's more resistance training based right. rather than rather than aerobic. So yeah. So I do some hurt training. which sounds painful, and and it, it you know it could be if that's what you choose. But yeah, I do some hurt training. I do some hit training. I also do some vigorous intensity aerobic training as well so um for so for me that might be i still do it interval based because i i do i rarely do um any cardio you know long 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 endurance cardio work so i still mainly do uh interval splits but then i might be talking sort of two or three minutes with active recovery uh so i do some of that work My so are you, do,
0: are you do? are you Doing it, Are you using the rower? Are you using um the um what the CrossFit bike? Are you, are you doing this just running, swimming? I, I I usually
1: so so um I I do some rowing sometimes. Um I do some bike. I get on the bike, go outdoors. But remember, and this has to be placed in the context of me off play. So for so for me, I will be doing lots of animal moves. You yeah. know, I'll be crawling. I'll be doing kangaroo jumps. I'll be doing, you know, I'll be doing sprints. So that, that, will, that will form the majority of my work. For, for resistance training, um, I will do, uh, I tend to do quite like functional carries. So I'll do things like farmer's walks. Yeah. I'll do waiter's walks. So uh, I do some functional lifts like deadlifts and squats. Mm. Um, so th- that will that will form most, the majority of that sort of work. So I, I do try to keep it as as primal, playful as possible. Even though I, even though I'm quite strict about yeah. how much I do and when,
0: and it's quite interesting, isn't it? Because you know there'll be a lot of triathletes listening that are thinking anaerobic work. Hmm, I'm going to do some. Uh, I'm going to do some sprints on the exercise bike. Um, try doing some very heavy deadlifts for thirty or forty seconds. That's pretty anaerobic. Yeah. Or some heavy squat to press. You know, like thrust. Yes. Oh. worm. Or yes, um, yeah. I've started doing uh, a side kick through. Um, so you can do it from a bear crawl position with a, mm. with a single side kick through. So you do one mm. to either side and then do a burpee, stand up, clap your hands over your head. Do 10 of those. Man, your heart rate is
1: rocketing. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ex- exactly. So it's, it's, it's good that I have my kind of personal training background because I'm aware of the, I suppose, the science around, you know, like things like um, EPOC, you know, excessive post oxygen consumption. Mm. So, so most of the benefits of anaerobic work occurs once you're finished, mm. because your body's going screaming for oxygen that wasn't being supplied when you're doing your anaerobic work. And um, there's also something called—it's—it's oh, it's, it's slipped my mind now. Well, basically, it's where you do—you do like an upper body, then lower body, or if you so basically you do like a—it's a, oh, a, oh,
0: a blood—it's a blood shunting thing.
1: Um, yes, exactly. So it's yeah, where you yeah. um, your heart basically goes from kind of pumping blood.
0: Oh, yeah. I, I, yes. So I, 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 I know
1: what you're talking about. I can't peripheral.
0: Peripheral. Oh, peripheral heart action.
1: Heart action. There yes. we go. Thank goodness. Yes. Yeah, we got there. Even though I'm not, I wouldn't write down like, hey, Daryl, do some PHA, you know. <laughs> but, but I'm aware, you know, so for example, I do something that I do, which I really like, is something called sit down, stand up, mm-hmm. right? Which is simple as it sounds. So I literally, from a standing position, sit down, legs out straight, like an L-suit position, and I get back up as quickly as I can. So it's almost mm-hmm. like, looks like a, almost like an inverted burpee, right? Yeah. Um, again, do 10, 15 of those, right? It sounds so, you do one or two and you're like, oh, this is so sick. I'm just, I'm just standing and sitting down. You do 10 of those, 15 of those, as fast as you can, having to be really careful when you're sitting down because, you know, you've got to protect yourself as you lower yourself. You want to get up explosives. You've got to be jumping up. But I do a lot of those, again, very functional movements, which we need to be able to do. Mm. But I do this in a very, very fast explosive form. And, and then you're doing that kind of that PHA work is is, is happening all the time. Mm. Um, and you can also go from, you know, the, 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 the truer form of that would be just doing upper body work. So say if you're doing pull-ups, say, and then you might just go, you know, you may then may go to say heavy squats or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so I do probably about three true strength sessions a week. So maximals. Um, And that probably covers my week. My main cardio would be walking, uh, actually. So my main cardio injury would be walking. I try to, do. I do get my 10,000 steps every day, <laughs> every day, is, which is about sort of six miles. So I try and get a six mile walk in mo- most days. Um, sometimes I try and make that a f- one long walk effort while I may split it up throughout the day. I'm aware of my, of my brisk walking pace now. So, wasn't until I analyzed my walking pace that I realized most of my walking wasn't, wasn't even aerobic pace. It was pretty much wasn't doing anything for me cardiovascularly mm. uh, because I'm fairly aerobically fit. Mm-hmm. So most people who walk and say, oh, walking is great exercise. If you're doing another form of fitness, walking probably isn't exercise for you. That's <laughs> it's very walking is so efficient for humans. It's only about 10, it can even be 10% of a differential from people who are standing. Have you um yeah. you
0: experimented
1: with a weighted vest at all while you're walking? I haven't not for walking. Um yeah. I have I have used the weighted I have used the weighted vest.
0: Yeah.
1: Um I, I've what I find now is um yeah now all I do is if I'm if I'm walking purposefully I just go straight to brisk. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then if I'm brisk walking I will get into to aerobic zone uh, for myself which is about, you know, for me is about 105 BPM. So I can, if I'm walking really briskly, but I literally have to be walking like, you know, Brendan yeah. Foster. <laughs> oh, he'd say oh, yeah. never walked. <laughs> um, to kind of, to kind of get there. But um, yeah, so, so, but in me doing so, I've, I've been able to, to kind of ward off injury Mm. So, um, so, so I used to have quite regular injury, you know, issues with injury, but those are pretty much dissipated, dissipated now. Um, I don't do much, you know, if I do run, I try and run for purpose. So if I run, I might only run a mile at the most, mm. and it tends to be, I'm in a rush. So, so, so I'll be I'll like, you know what? I need to get to the next tube station or I've missed the bus or whatever. Um, and that will be my mile run. So it's quite a, a decent pace. Hmm. But I don't feel as if I don't have to do it for any reason. Um, so, but that, at least I know I can still do, I can still do that if I if I need to. It's
0: it, you know bringing things into your daily life. Um, it makes me think that um, a friend of mine used to come down and we we used to do a podcast together every now and again. He'd always run here from his house, and he said, "Yeah, I'm running everywhere now. I cover about twenty miles a week." But it beats formal training. I just jog everywhere. And when I go uphill, I'm working quite hard. And when I'm running downhill, I'm running fast, but I'm not stressing my aerobic system, but I'm just letting mm. my body go. And he said, sometimes I go through the woods. Sometimes I go on the road. Um, you know, I choose different terrains. You, you know, it's amazing. When you actually think about it, how much, how much stuff you could get during the day that might contribute to your athletic performance, if that's what you're training for. I mean, most, most people yes. aren't. And I, I do, you know, during lockdown, I noticed that a big, Question for you as well, Dow is how many people you noticed that said, Well, I haven't got any events now, so there's no point in exercising. I'm like, There's no point in exercising. Surely my <laughs> my, my one event is outrunning the Grim Reaper. That's the only event yeah, I'm yeah, exactly. In. Yeah, yeah. Staying it's... ahead of the Grim Reaper. And so I've got to train yeah. every day to stay ahead of him. And that's my event, and he's happening, whether I like it or not. He's still there. He's still there, yeah.
1: And I, and I think, you know, it's really interesting because um I used to when I was in banking, and I and I got into fitness. So ten Ks and half marathons were my were my thing, and I I had a pretty decent, you know, pretty decent ten K time. You know, I was about sort of like, oh, you know, fairly two minutes or so was my time, which wasn't too bad, considering it wasn't you know I was a very much an amateur, but but those are the times that I'd be going for, uh, and um, and so once I got into this evolutionary fitness and evolutionary biology and, and 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 made decisions around hey maybe that's not the best thing for me to be doing mm. um but also thinking oh am I going to be losing my my cardiovascular fitness by not doing any of those things anymore so what's really interesting like my resting heart rate uh, um, is really really low so I'm I'm the last time I got 24 hour ECG'd um I'm like sort of 37 uh, BPM resting heart rate, which again, considering I'm not professional, never been a professional athlete, is really really low. When I started tra- training, I was sort of like mid fifties, so I had a pre- really significant reduction in my in my resting heart rate rate with any without any pathologies or anything. So my heart is okay. Because every time I get tested, my doctor's like, oh, we need to get used to see a cardiologist because we're a bit concerned. <laughs> um, there's something wrong with your heart, but fortunately. Huh. Touch wood, everything is everything's fine there. But it's remarkable by me doing these, the for me, intervals are again about enjoyment. Mm-hmm. So I can stomach pushing myself for a certain period of time. I try and make I try and have fun by doing so. So I do things like sprinting for the bus. I mean, I wasn't joking when I said that. I literally will wait for my bus to go just past the bus stop. And you know, it's like 200 meters or so to the next bus stop. And (laughs) I'll be going flat out, um, you know, so I I try to create purpose with my activities. Mm. Um, And then I have these movement minutes throughout my day. So I've kind of told you about my structured stuff that I do, which I try and make sure I get that done every single week. But the unstructured stuff I do will be, you know, when I'm on the tube in London, for example, Uh I'll take the the stairs. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, and, and I'll, I, will i i look forward to doing so, you know, I'll see the 200 people waiting for the lift. I'll look at the sign saying, Oh, 195 steps, you know, 15 flights of stairs. Don't take the stairs. Only take it if, you know, if you're, if you're fit and healthy, you know, all those warning signs saying, don't do it, don't do it. I'm like, I'm going to relish this. I tell you one thing, Simon, I never get to the top of those stairs and feel like a fit individual. I'm I'm like, it's a mission every single time. I'm like, why doesn't this get any why one? Why doesn't this get any easier? Two, why my why is my heart my heart and lungs on mm. fire? Right. And I realize it's because, you know, it's a it's a mission every single time. You know, I'm like, right, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna we- bob and weave weave past people. If there's anyone on the stairs. I'm, not, I'm going past you, I'm overtaking you. So <laughs> I I've, I now do that when I'm walking on the high street. So my high street um I created a game with my partner. I'm like, hey, you know what we're walking not the most exciting thing to do, is it? but let's create a game. So we'll give ourselves a point if we overtake someone who's who's stationary, right? <laughs> if we overtake somebody who's walking we give ourselves five points. If we overtake somebody who is like going for going at it, we give ourselves ten points, and we'll deduct points if we're overtaken. Uh-huh. And and it's amazing, like the, the, your walking time, it just it just disappears. You've you've walked a mile, and you go, how you know, wow, time just flies because you're having fun. You know, you are kind of smiling. You're kind of bobbing and weaving in between people. Uh, people are wondering what what's what's the emergency. <laughs> what's, what's, what's happening but i've I found for me i need to create these games i need to create this gamification mm. which is not using technology which meets increases my movement opportunities throughout the day so when i fly up the stairs you know bounding up the stairs rather than me thinking oh i'm going to exercise by bounding up the stairs i'm trying to get childlike again so like a child is like oh you know this is so exciting me being able to get the stairs as fast as possible, right? Um, and, and that's yeah. the thing about kids, right? Kids go hell for
0: leather for about 60 seconds and then they're like <laughs> like like, like yeah. and, and animals are the same, aren't they? Because if you and I mean that's that's something that always um, interests me and I, I often use this as a comparison. Um, you see dogs racing around. dogs dogs will they'll growl at um another dog especially if it's a different breed, but then they'll Mm. run around and they'll chase each other and they'll play and they'll sort of mock fight, won't they? And it, but it very rarely gets nasty and aggressive. Um, and then dogs will sleep when they've got the opportunity. They enjoy the food, but they're not, they're not really precious about the food. You know, they're not going Oh no, I don't like those. No, sorry. No, no, I'm not eating that. No, it's processed. I want natural (laughs) dogs. Dogs will just eat food. They'll sleep anywhere, but they're always ready to go. Aren't they? Like, um,
1: yeah, they're ready to go. Um,
0: <laughs> I I was using this in a, in a lecture talking about uh, how athletes these days are always looking at Strava. They're always comparing their times. They cross the finish line and they're analyzing everything. They look at mm. they look at somebody else at a race and they've got bright orange running shoes or they've got those new Nike four <laughs> percent things and they're like, he must be good. He's got some of those expensive shoes. Or yeah, uh, can you imagine? Yeah. Can you imagine a horse in the paddock looking at another horse and going? I'm not running today. He's got an expensive saddle on. No, no. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not feeling it today. It's raining. Or, um, oh, have you seen those? He's got the latest horseshoes. Oh, he's going to be fast.
1: He's going to, yeah, yeah. And,
0: and then and at the end of the greyhound race or the horse race, they're, they're pack animals, so they just want to race and get their nose ahead, right? And at the end of it, they don't sit down and go, I was second. I'm a waste of time.
1: <laughs> yeah, Wait, what was the
0: point? What, I'm, I'm rubbish. They just go off. If it's a greyhound, they go and get a lick of the the hair that they follow, don't they? They get a they get a dog biscuit and they're happy and their tails are waggling. And then yeah. and then and then they're off. And then they're, then if you said there's another, if you put them in the in the stalls for another race five minutes later they'd be ready to go again. If we behaved more like children and animals, exercise and life would be so much more fun, wouldn't it?
1: It, it definitely would. And I, f- I think that's perfectly, you know, sums up what I feel our approach should be. And, and whether you're a professional, whether you're a, a weekend warrior, you know, whether you're a member of a club and, and, and your workouts are really serious for you, you, you you want to create some meaningful downtime. And that meaningful downtime may still include <coughs> physical activity, which is fun, which is engaging, which is just about the pursuit of enjoying the moment. That's what I feel people can can certainly get from this. And secondly, you know, becoming more in tune, instinctively, with what you should be doing. Mm. So, so you know, I won't say to myself, right, this week I plan to do X, Y, and Z. If I don't do all those things, oh. That's a complete waste of time. I I want to be so in tune with myself that I can go, you know what? Actually, I can push myself a little bit more today. You know? Uh, that, yeah, I feel as if I have that option. Mm. The following day, I go, I know I plan to do such and such, but, oh no. <laughs> you know, I'm going to spend a bit more time sitting down today. Mm. I'm going to spend, spend a bit more time just going for a really slow, sedate walk. I couldn't care less about brisk walks today because recovery is really important. And You, you mentioned the Hadza in your last conversation, you know, hunter-gatherer tribe in, in Africa and who, who spend a lot of time moving, but also spend a lot of time lazing around, not doing very much at all. Uh-huh. And again, if we mimic if we mimic animals like a cheetah, a cheetah, for example, right, they can, you know, four seconds, five seconds, they hit their top speed, 65, 70 miles an hour, right? They can only do that Two or three times. If they don't, if they don't get their kill after the third attempt, they, they don't have enough energy to continue to hunt. Right. So imagine how much how much energy demand there is for this animal to be hitting that top speed. It isn't, it isn't a walk in the park, it isn't a piece of cake. It takes everything they've got. They need a significant amount of recovery. They can't go again seconds later. They need a lot of rest. And the risks are, oh, my goodness, if I don't get this gazelle, who hopefully is the weakest in the pack and the slowest, <laughs> right, you know, it, 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 it's, it's over for me. So, um, so yeah, sometimes do something that only takes a second or two. Maximal effort. That's a real struggle. That's a real demand that you never want to have to contemplate doing again for, for a while. Enjoy the recovery Feel good about the recovery because you want to feel you're rebuilding, restoring and and preparing yourself for your next opportunity for movement. So just
0: as we're finishing off then, Daryl, um, we have a lot of triathletes who are engaged in preparing for races next year. And obviously those have uh, specific distances that they need to meet. You know, some people are training mm. for Ironman distance races where they're swimming two and a half miles. They're going to be riding on 12 miles and they're going to be running the full marathon. So that's, that's going to take most recreational triathletes somewhere between 10 and 17 hours. Mm -hmm. And so that takes up a lot of their time doing those exercises. You talk about the repetitive movements, always moving forward in the same direction, always in the Mm -hmm. sagittal plane, no lateral movement, not much change of not much really high intensity, maximal stuff, not much really slow stuff. So it's very, it's very fixed within a, same pattern movement, same mm. effort level. But yeah, they're listening to this and they're listening to you and I having a right old laugh about some of these things and having a bit of fun and sort of carrying on like a couple of kids, at teenagers at school and probably thinking, yeah. well, these two old geezers, you know, they're <laughs> laughing away. I want a bit of that. So maybe I need to get doing some of the mad stuff that, that Daryl's talked about. So how, how can they go about integrating primal play into their daily structure without compromising their triathlon ambitions as well, because I, I, you know, eventually yeah. I like everybody to say, right, you know, maybe we're going to do triathlon once again, one, once every now and then, and we're going to focus mm. on just being healthy individuals. But until we get to that point, we need to get to a, we need to have a start point of them integrating this into their daily life, and and perhaps piece by piece learning about how much fun it is just to do unstructured stuff.
1: Yeah, that's, you know, that's a really tricky, tricky one. Uh, um, But you're the man. You've been a TEDx talk, so you've got the answer, right? (laughs) Yes, I've got the answer. Yeah, so again, if they focus not just on them being a triathlete, not just on fitness and performance, and think about their entire movement repertoire, right? So that is the most important thing to them but there are areas just outside that that are also useful, right? So whether that's for injury prevention, right? So why wait until you have to do rehab work, right? Why do endless prehabilitation drills, right? When you can actually just do, broaden some of those activities so you are more robust and more resilient. So that's probably one area that I would say will allow you to um, use some of that time to incorporate some of that more uh, useful, broader work. Secondly, if you if you can't maintain that motivation, if you're realizing, you know, you're missing, you're skipping some training days, you're not feeling great about what you're doing, add some things which will add some more fun. You know, for example, you're doing one of your long runs, miss the cracks in the pavement. Do you know what I mean? Like maybe do a bit of a hopping and skipping for a while. And again it doesn't have to be for too long. You know, you're out for a couple of hours, maybe you only spend 5 minutes. Maybe your warm up can become, hey, let me skip you know the cracks in the pavement. Let me bob and weave in front of people rather than me maintaining this kind of straight line. So that's another way of you incorporating something which is not gonna to deviate too far from your training goals, but we're still building some of this resilience. Mm-hmm. And probably the third is, because you're doing so much work and so much volume, you may feel as if you you, because you've done so much, you don't, you can use the remainder of that time to be sedentary, right? Mm-hmm. To just to be sitting down, not to be doing very much. Whereas actually, by breaking up sedentary time, not only are you going to be performing better in your performance event, but also you're going to be gaining health as well, improving your metabolic markers, improving your cardiovascular markers, improving your kind of cognitive health and function as well so hopefully those three areas are enough of a a teaser to get a bit more playful movement in your lives
0: right daryl earlier on i said um we could i've got a little idea for your cards. so you've got your animal moves cards there right so just take one out of the pack and show it to me please anyone anyone so this is me i'm i'm at my stand-up desk or i'm at my desk I've got a set of Daryl's cards, which we'll put a link to in the show notes, right? So yes. you take the pack, and you take it out, and you're going to have a little alarm on your phone or on your, on your watch, on your smartwatch, and it yes. bleeps, so, and yep. the card that you take out says? It says shoulder tap. Shoulder taps, okay, and there's yep. an instruction on the card. So now what you're going to do yes. is you're going to get up from the place you've been working, and you're going to do 60 seconds of shoulder taps, right? Yes, and then an hour later, you put that to the bottom of the pack. And then an hour later, you the alarm goes off, and you take another card at random, and it says you're going to do some inchworm stuff. Doesn't matter what they are, but um, yeah, like a press up like a downward dog into a press up, right?
1: Grasshopper jump. There you Gra- go. Grasshopper. <laughs> so you're
0: going to do a minute of grasshopper jumps, and then <laughs> yeah. you go back to working. And then an hour later, it says out comes the next card, bear crawls. So you're going to do practice your bear crawls around the space that you have, right? So there's a way of using some of Daryl's stuff and integrating a bit of movement into your day, which, as Daryl says, is gonna work out as doing some of those prehab exercises. Because when you when you do bear crawls, you've got to activate your core, you're flexing the ankles, you're strengthening the toes, you strengthen your stability around your upper back and your shoulders. Yes. Um, you know, there's so much benefit and you're getting away from your desk and you're moving for a minute. So then that's yeah. increasing blood flow. It'll increase your productivity because you're resetting your mind. Yeah, it's just we could go yeah. on all day with the benefits. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly.
1: I've got a fourth one actually, just just based on on the back of what you've just said. If you're spending as you know, your 17 hours, 20 hours a week of training, if you have some dedicated mobility time, right? So let's say you're doing a, an hour a week of mobility, you could break up uh-huh. your mobility throughout the week several times a day by doing things like a bear crawl by doing some stabilization drills, by standing like a crane on one leg for example mm. so there's 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 ways again of you just getting even more time because you're spreading it throughout your day you don't have to dedicate a block of time to in order to do that and and hopefully it enables you to have a little bit more fun trying new things right because it's outside of your of your mm. program so yeah
0: good stuff now Apologies, you you were talking about your ECG and your cardiac cardiac health. Um, yes, right at the very beginning of the first conversation we had, you were talking about those rude awakenings you had about your health and you you know sort of almost sliding into a metabolic syndrome. Um, mm. What what are those markers like now from your health interventions because you decided not to go down the uh, prescription route didn't you
1: yeah so so yeah i was basically told you you know you need statins you need uh, metformin for your blood sugars you, you need beta blockers for your your blood pressure so you know i get tested every every couple of years pretty pretty in depth testing and and those markers have remained uh you know <laughs> you know been really good for all of all of this time mm. so so i I didn't set out to say I would never ever have a health issue in the future. Um, I think I originally set out to say, let me see if I can postpone those issues for as long as possible. Mm. Um, and I always said to myself, if the doctor tells me this is no longer working, we need to revisit this. I'll be open to that. But so far, um, things have things have gone really, really well, and it should be the expectation, right? If you're moving if you're having a focus on your health, we know that we can prevent, we know that we can manage many conditions that are known as lifestyle conditions because we're not doing some of the things that we should be doing. So when I was sedentary, it was pretty obvious what was going to occur. But I think probably the most important part of this message, the important takeaway is there is there is this kind of, you know, um, this kind of health continuum Right. So we know the most sedentary individuals will ha- increase their risk of all sorts of, of metabolic disorders, increased risk of cardiovascular disease, cancers, mm. blah, blah. But we also know that you go too far on the fitness and physical activity spectrum, you can also increase your risk of certain uh, disorders as well. So, you know, we want to find this sweet spot in the middle of the bell curve where you're getting significant amounts of physical activity. You're able to perform your recreational activities, whether you are triathlete or other uh, other aspects of movement, but you're still maintaining that sweet spot of health. And there's significant evidence out there uh, telling us what that sweet spot is in terms of the amount of movement we should be doing and the variety of movement we should be doing to support that.
0: Mm. Movement, variety, sweet spot. That's a good place to finish, Daryl. Thank you. Listen, Daryl Edwards, Primal Play. I really appreciate you being here. You've been an absolute star. Thank you so much for your time today.
1: Thanks, Simon. Uh, It was a a real pleasure.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Well, you can Uh, find just about everything we talked about in the show notes below. So go and fill your boots and uh, get moving. See you again next week. Cheers, everyone. okay folks that's all for this week thank you again to daryl for being such a great guest we actually spent over two and a half hours talking not bad for a first date as usual you can find links to all of today's discussion topics in the show notes below finally before we go let me say once again how much i appreciate you being here on the high performance human podcast each week There's over 800,000 podcasts in the world. So the fact that you've chosen mine, my little podcast that's been running for just over four years, really means a lot to me. And if you'd like to make sure you never miss an episode, then please subscribe for free on iTunes and also think about joining our High Performance Human Podcast Facebook page. So I'll be back as usual in seven days' time. But for now, sleep well at night, keep moving during the day, eat real food, And don't forget to have some fun on the way.